Bright light said it gonna set my soul, gonna set my soul on fire. Got a whole lot of money that's ready to burn, so get those stakes up higher. Welcome to the Coop Center Podcast, and here's your host. To alcohol, the cause of and solution to all of life's problems. Michael Preston. Oh, yes, it's that time again, time for the Coog Center Podcast here on CoogCenter.com. I am, as always, your gracious host, because I think a lot of myself, because apparently my ego is so self-inflated, it can fill the MetLife blimp. Michael Preston, hope you're all having a fantastic week in Washington State Cougarland. I know for one thing, uh, Washington State University currently on spring break, you lucky kids. You actually get a full week off of essentially life. That's pretty awesome now, isn't it? You have no idea how much I wish at this point in my life, and I think I can speak for all adults everywhere who are out of college, we wish we could have a spring break. Just a week off without having to use vacation time. Just a week off, right? How awesome would that be? Quick uh, little bureaucratic announcement, I guess. After this podcast, we will go to once every other week. So your next podcast will not be until the Wednesday after next uh, basketball ending. There's just not too much to talk about. There is Cougar baseball, obviously, and we'll talk a lot about that and spring football, but stuff to talk about just becomes so infrequent. Uh, we're going to go to once every other week, and in the summer, we got some other really cool stuff coming your way as well. Lots of good stuff to listen to uh, this summer, but that is a ways away. Why don't we get to the topic at hand first? Um... Where the heck did that come from in terms of the mids basketball team? Where in my, just everything, where did that come from? Where in the name of all that is holy was that all year? A sweep of the Los Angeles schools. And yes, I realize against UCLA that offensive rebounding rate was just off the charts insane. But it still happened. I, I even even I think you know less of a right there. They still they still get the win in that game, and then Washington State they let USC creep back into the game a little bit. But boy, did they just put their foot on a bug and smash it? And did Brock Modem ever? What did he average like twenty five points uh, per game on the weekend? Named the Pac twelve Player of the Week for obvious reasons in his final weekend in a Cougar uniform in a regular season. Where has that been all season long? And I I think that's why so many people are busy pulling their hair out over Ken Bone. You see games like that where he had a lot to do with those wins. You see two games like that that the Cougs, you know, you don't even necessarily have to win because you're on the bubble for a NIT or NCAA berth. But just for your just for your fan psyche, you know what? You're right. It doesn't make too much of a difference. Four and fourteen versus two and sixteen at the end of the year. What's the big difference there? But man, two wins against some pretty decent Pac-12 opponents, including UCLA, your regular season champions, I might add, of the Pac-12 conference. Two wins like that, boy, that just you continue pulling out your hair about Ken Bone because he gets that out of his basketball team. And you see a performance like Brock from Brock Modem. We've been expecting that all along from him. All along. I think we get, finally got a per, couple of performances. You know, he's had a, a few really good games this year, but two back-to-back ones where we went, wow, that is so reminiscent of the Brock we saw last year. And, of course, we've touched on before how that doesn't necessarily have all to do with him. But 
it, it just it was so nice to see. And and I do want to touch again on on Royce Woolridge. Boy, has he come on here at the end of the year. The guy has been playing absolutely out of his skull the last few games. Does he make a case to be the regular point guard for next year? Yeah, probably not. Probably not. I would love to see him in, though, an awful lot at the two. That would be fantastic. The way the guy's scoring, getting a little more confident going to the basket, he was just shooting the lights out as well. Becoming that guy we thought he would be in November. But did it take until now for him to find it? Yeah, and it stinks. But it gives me a little bit more hope for next year. It gives you hope for next season. And we'll we'll analyze next season on the next podcast because the season's not done yet. The team in Las Vegas this week for the Pac-12 tournament, I will be there as well. And in fact, we're going to touch on Las Vegas and the Pac-12 tournament in the next segment. But uh, by the way, if you're going to be in Vegas, get on the Twitter, at RM underscore Preston. Get at me. We'll hang out. We'll have a beer. How's that sound? Yeah, I think it sounds pretty fantastic. But you're being the point of all this. Where I'm really going with this. This team, overall, we saw a lot of improvement here in those final two games. Can we see some improvement in this Pac-12 tournament? You're playing the University of Washington, a team that, although you haven't had their number quote-unquote this year, what's the old saying? You never want to play a team three times, or it's really hard to beat a team three times. Now, in the past, both schools in this rivalry have proven that's not necessarily the case. A few years back, Washington State did beat Washington three times in a season. But is it possible? Just, 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 is it possible to get an upset over a team like that in the tournament? Absolutely. Well, of course, anything's possible, right? But is it likely? I think so. You see a Washington team that lost to UCLA to finish out their season. They did beat USC. But they're going to come into this tournament a much different team than we've seen in a long time. They're not as dominant as they once were, and that's quite obvious. Finished sixth in the conference. That's why they're playing Washington State that final game of the night at the MGM Grand Garden Arena. It's going to be a heck of a ball game. Do these teams really have anything to gain from winning besides pride? No. But man, wouldn't it be awesome? And and you're playing Oregon. Whoever wins is playing Oregon in the next round. And I think that's a team that both teams stand a really good chance of beating. The really hard teams to beat. UCLA, Arizona. They're on the other side of the bracket. The top half of the bracket away from Washington State. If you want to dream of a conference tournament run all the way to the final and perhaps even winning that game... The bracket set up about as perfectly as you could have hoped it would. Just about as perfectly. UCLA, a team you did beat, but still very tough opponent on the top side of the bracket. Arizona, who destroyed you twice away from you. Sets up very nicely now, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Also, do want to make sure we touch on this. Uh, head coach of the women's basketball team, June Doherty, after we... That our podcast last week had a bit of an issue, went into the hospital with acute appendicitis. Uh, her basketball team did beat ASU in their opening round game of the Pac-12 Women's Tournament, lost to Stanford. But can poor June Doherty, like, can her body give her a break? <laughs> Talking about 
her cardiac issue a few years ago, and now acute appendicitis. Luckily caught very early, went in for surgery, discharged the next day. But, man, can that poor woman get a break from just her body just seeming to turn on her and go, you know what? I don't like you today. Why don't we go to the hospital get your completely useless appendix cut out? Because an appendix is completely useless. I think we've evolved past the point of needing one, and for whatever reason, it's still there. Not that I'm saying you need to just go in and get it removed. It only needs to be removed. Because it just it sits there like a rusty car in the garage. Would you want to get rid of it? Yeah, well, whatever. It's not really doing anybody any harm sitting in here until the rusty car explodes. But anyway, enough with that analogy. Um... A much better season for the women's basketball team this year, I think. And I, uh, you know, a month and a half or so ago was on this brainwave that maybe June Doherty isn't the right coach. I'm, am I still there? Kind of, but not, not as much anymore. The way her team played at the end of the year really kind of revived in me. My, my thought or my longstanding thought that she was the coach to revive this program. She's got a lot of really good young players to do it with, too. So I think next year is kind of the year for Washington State women's basketball. I I really think a top-five finish in the Pac-12 shouldn't be out of the question, considering their eighth-place finish this year. Can they do it? Absolutely. But I've said that for a long time about them. Can they or will they are two completely separate things. Completely separate. All right, coming up next, is it the right move to take the Pac-12 tournament from L.A. to Vegas, or should the tournament have been rotated around? We'll discuss that coming up next here on the Coop Center Podcast. Back to the Coog Center podcast. I am Michael Preston, and I tease before the break something I want to talk about. Uh, play devil's advocate a little bit, if that's even the right term. I'm not really sure, but I'm too lazy to look it up. Play devil's advocate a bit with the Pac-12's move of the conference tournament uh, to Las Vegas. Now, this was announced last year that the tournament will be moving to Vegas on a three-year deal with the MGM Grand Garden Arena. Now, we obviously know all the you know historic boxing, boxing matches that have taken place at the MGM, and it's a, it's a gigantic hotel. If I remember right, it's like the second biggest hotel in the world or something. Close to that. It's got over 5,000 rooms. Let me put it this way. There are enough people in that hotel at once to be bigger than most cities on the east side of Washington State, outside of the Tri-Cities in Spokane and Pullman. There are enough people just in that hotel. Just that one. And Walla Walla. Can't forget about Walla Walla or Yakima. You know what? Forget what I said. But it's a really big place. You get my point. But was it the right move for the Pac-12 to put it there? I was an advocate. I was a big advocate of rotating the tournament. Rotating it to a different place every year. That way, kind of, every region can feel the love of the conference tournament. You know, don't have it in L.A. this year. Maybe move it to Phoenix. Put it at uh, the United Airways or the U.S. Airways Center, if I believe that's what the Suns Arena is still called. They play in Phoenix there. Then move it to the Pepsi Center in Denver, uh, the Key Arena or the new arena that's going to be built in Seattle, the Rose Garden in Portland. 
Uh, even Spokane Arena, you want to put it in Spokane Arena. There's tons of really good places just within this conference. Oracle Arena in San Francisco that you can put the Pac-12 tournament, rotate it around, and kind of let everybody feel this love. Because, I mean, to me, the biggest thing was there is no Pac-12 team in Las Vegas. In fact, the nearest one is USC in just south of downtown Los Angeles. That's your nearest Pac-12 school to Los Angeles. And even then, you know, with normal L.A. traffic, it's about a five, you know, four and a half, five-hour drive to Las Vegas from there. Hour-long flight or so. So you're putting it in a city without a team in it. I mean, you don't have a, a school there at all. So why are you doing that? Why are you moving it to a city where you have no... You know, no vested interest in the economy of that city. Not that the Pac-12 really has a vested interest in any economy of that city, but maybe you do want to pump up the economy of a of a city one of your schools is in. You have no school there, no affiliation to that city at all, other than your bowl tie-in with the Mako Las Vegas Bowl. So that was my thought initially. When I when I go into that and and you think. Why is this being moved here? The, the Pac-12 has nothing to do with Las Vegas. Nothing to do with it at all. So why is it being moved there? Especially when you've already got the West Coast Conference, the Western Athletic Conference, not that there's going to be a conference much longer, and the Mountain West Conference tournaments are all there already. But here, I guess, would be the counterpoint to my own old argument. When the tournament was in Los Angeles, you frequently saw... And the Staples Center is a really big arena. It's big. It's like a cavern in there. You frequently saw the lower bowl almost completely empty. The basketball echoed like, you know, someone screaming in a cave. There was just nobody there. And it made for such... You know, when you're trying to watch it, well, gosh, if there's nobody even there, why should I watch it on TV? So the, the more casual viewer, one who may not be a fan of a Pac-12 school, God, why would they watch? Why the heck would they tune in? If these schools own fans aren't even interested in it, why should I turn my TV on and not watch Chopped? That's an awesome show, by the way. <laughs> so that had a lot to do with it. And then I also thought, you know, maybe rotating it is is it's kind of a logistical problem you don't want to go have to go to a different city every year you would like one central location and i guess here the final one is why las vegas makes some sense even though you're still playing the conference tournament in the middle of the week wednesday thursday friday there are still plenty of people who are going to take time off I'm lucky my normal days off from work are Thursday and Friday, so I can leave on Wednesday right afterwards. But for most people, they'll take some vacation time and they'll use it as an excuse to go to Las Vegas. There is a reason why Las Vegas is the most visited city in the United States. Tens of millions of people go to Las Vegas every year. It is the capital for entertainment and all like I, I it bills itself as that, and I don't see any reason why it wouldn't be. Capital for entertainment in the United States. 
New York does have Broadway, other things going on. Even Los Angeles has plays and movies and such, but just shows, gambling, clubs drinking heavily, other things going on in Las Vegas. There is almost nowhere in the world you can go to get all of those things in such a compressed area. So not only is are there other things to do in Las Vegas besides basketball. Oh, a basketball tournament. Next, you have pretty much the ability to fly from anywhere within the Pac-12's kind of swath directly into Las Vegas. You can fly direct from Seattle. You can fly direct from Portland, San Francisco, San Francisco, Oakland, or San Jose, and then Burbank, Los Angeles, I believe uh, out of Orange County as well, Phoenix, Salt Lake, and Denver. Even out of the, you can fly directly there from the Tri Cities. There aren't, you know, that that's a relatively new thing. But I don't even know if you can get to Los Angeles right from the Tri Cities. So you have dozens of options in terms of flying in there. You know, multiple airlines, tons of flights. It's easy to get to if you're not already there. And additionally, this is one other thing I hadn't really thought about before, but it's hotels. And it's not that there aren't enough in Los Angeles. There are still tons of hotel rooms. Obviously not as many as Las Vegas, but there are tons of hotel rooms in Los Angeles. That's not a problem. The problem in Los Angeles is getting what you pay for. Whereas in Las Vegas, I can tell you that the the first two days we'll be there I'm paying $25 a night for my hotel room at the Quad Resort and Casino, previously known as Imperial Palace. Is it a bit of a dive? Yeah. But I know it's not going to be in a dangerous area. It's right on the strip. That little issue they had with the rapper murder notwithstanding. A rarity there, though. I'm surrounded by tons of tourists. And you know what? There are other hotels that are remarkably cheap. You remember the guide I gave you? Lots of hotels for right around the $100 mark per night. And there are some that are even cheaper. You want to stay in downtown Las Vegas? There are tons of hotels that are cheaper than that. You want to stay off the strip? You can do that too. There's tons of cheap, cheap, cheap accommodations for people. And that serves you well because when you had the tournament in Los Angeles, that only really served the people in LA. Okay, well, they can get there without having to get a hotel room, but... People work during the day, right? So you're missing a big key demo from about 8 a.m. to 7 p.m. No one can really go if you are if you live in Los Angeles. Because people don't live in Las Vegas, they are dedicating their time to this conference tournament. Thusly, in theory, that means all of your games should have a much larger attention attendance figure than they did in Los Angeles because people are going there and they are dedicating that time to the Pac-12 tournament. If you flew into Los Angeles to go to the tournament, you were doing that. But the people who were living in Los Angeles, the people who in theory were going to buy a lot of your tickets, couldn't make it until the final game of the second session. That's why it makes some sense. Will it work? I have no idea. I guess we're going to have to wait and see. We'll have to see if having the conference tournament in Vegas works out. If it does, great. I say keep signing contracts with the MGM Grand. Keep doing it. You're not going to get the Thomas and Mack Center, which is bigger. That's where the Mountain West has their tournament. But keep signing deals there. And you know what? A lot of people, I think, are going to want to go to Las Vegas for this. Because as we said, A, it gives you an excuse 
Los Angeles is an expensive place to vacation, and one of the appeals of Las Vegas is it can be, if you choose it to be, a cheap place to vacation in. That is the appeal. Was it the right move to take the conference tournament from Los Angeles to Vegas? The only people it wasn't the right move for were people who already lived here in Los Angeles who wanted to go. Other than that, it was completely the correct move. Dunderhead of the Week is coming up next right here on the Coop Center Podcast. Welcome back to the Kook Center Podcast. It is time once again for your Dunderhead of the Week. Freaking idiot. And this one goes out to a young man who uh, tragically, tragically, had his life stolen this last Sunday at the Staples Center here in my home of Los Angeles, California. Brandon Knight was a brilliant young man, a wonderful young man by all accounts, and a heck of a basketball player. And DeAndre Jordan with a simple lob pass from Chris Paul. Took it all away. Have a listen. I'll show you how to coach. Here comes Chris Paul. The lob. The jam! Oh, what a monster jam by DeAndre Jordan! Oh! Look at Blake. Look at the bench. Lamar Odom walked all the way down to the other end of the floor with almost a sheepish grin on his face. <laughs> Brandon Knight. We will miss you. You are just a brilliant, brilliant young man. And at least know that that alley-oop will forever be remembered by everyone who saw I mean, so I'm just... You know what? They, they teach you as a guard, slide over, try to take the charge. But boy, DeAndre Jordan just destroyed poor Brandon Knight. And I feel bad for the guy. But you know what? He seems to be taking it in stride a lot. And I don't, I don't think any of the clowning he got on Twitter about, you know, rest in peace, Brandon Knight. I don't think any of the clowning he got was out of anger or legitimately trying to belittle the guy. It just so happens he was on the wrong end of one of the greatest alley-oop posterizations that we have ever seen. I, I mean, I, I, I honestly feel bad for him. I, I really do. Because Violet, he was doing the right thing, trying to take the charge, but he just got destroyed by a guy who's got about eight inches on him and God knows how many pounds. The poor kid just got wrecked by DeAndre Jordan. So, Brandon Knight, you are this week's Dunderhead of the Week, but not because you weren't doing the right thing, just because you were in the wrong place at the wrong time. Got a very special way to wrap up this week's Goop Center podcast coming up next. Don't miss it. to the Coog Center Podcast. I'm Michael Press. We're going to wrap up this week. Again, if uh, you're going to be in Las Vegas, uh, feel free to give me a holler on the Twitter. It's at RM underscore Preston. Uh, I'll be there. Hopefully you will be too. If you're there, let's grab a drink. Why not? We'll have some fun. And uh, any Cougs out there, let's have fun in Vegas this week. I'll see you there. I want to end this week's 
Kook Center podcast with a very special song from one of my very favorite movies. I'll see you in a couple of weeks here on the Kook Center podcast. What do tigers dream of when they take a little tiger snooze? Do they dream of mauling zebras or Halle Berry in her Catwoman suit? Don't you worry, you pretty striped head. We're gonna get you back to Tyson and your cozy tiger bed. And then we're gonna find our best friend, Doug. And then we're gonna give him a best friend hug. But if he's been murdered by crystal meth tweakers, well then we're out of luck.